This is Jackets Debrief, a show about the Columbus Blue Jackets, the National Hockey League, and part of the Hockey Podcast Network. Welcome everyone to Jackets D or Jackets Debrief here. You know what? Some days you just don't care as much about sports as you did before. Some days you love them, but you know what's there every day that you do care about sports? DraftKings. Yep, got free to play pools, got all sorts of wonderful ways to win money, prizes, all that good stuff. Go to DraftKings.com, download the top rated DraftKings app now. Use promo code THPN when you sign up to get your free shot at ten, up to ten thousand dollars in total prizes every day. The basketball playoffs. Head the DraftKings Bulls page to get your shot at huge cash prizes. That's promo code THPN for a limited time only at DraftKings. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for full details. All right, folks. We are back in the sadness again. So we're going to start with Beer of the Week. I've got Oberon here from uh, Bell's Brewery in Comstock, Michigan. There we go. going to give this a drink. Now... Last week, mostly we talked about uh, that you know JD was back and great. Look at how awesome this is. We've got this awesome guy back, and it's the guy. He's the guy who really kind of got things going for us, and you know, it, it was it was a good feel good show. It's a feel good show. I don't know what show this is going to be. Could be a feel good show. May not be. Got a nice American ale coming up here. Nice wheat ale. Ooh, look at that bad boy. Yeah, this Oberon. It is a uh, American wheat ale. Mm. Very good. Very good. I enjoy it. It's kind of sweet. But on that overpowering way, good beer. It's a beer you can drink during the summers. Perfect for this time of year. Barely feels like somewhere in Ohio just yet, but we're getting there, folks. All right, let's uh, let's start where it's gonna start with the uh, with the news that was shared on Friday night or on a Saturday night. Elliot Columbus. Seth Jones, Chris started this conversation a couple of weeks ago. Well, we can tell you that in the, sometime the last week or so, Seth Jones informed the Columbus Blue Jackets that he will not be re-signing. Now, I'm saying for now at this point, because I don't like to deal in absolutes, but it does appear as if he is prepared to test free agency, and we'll see how Columbus decides to handle this over the next little while. Elliot. All right. So, um, that's... Where we're at, folks. Uh, it looks like the Columbus Blue Jackets have another high-profile guy ready to walk out the door. Just got to throw your hands up at this point. Um, I mean, as Blue Jackets fans, I'm with you in that I hate it. I, I don't know what's going on. Because um, a lot of people wanted to blame... Torts for guys wanting to leave. Well, Torts is gone and somebody still wants to leave. People wanted to blame how the Blue Jackets negotiated contracts. I mean, maybe there's something going on behind the scenes, but he's not even opening up the negotiation. And there there, there wasn't, if you remember when Seth Jones signed his last deal, his RFA deal with us, there wasn't some long drawn out problem. We didn't have issues with him on, on signing the contract. So 
He just wants to go. I don't know what it is. If some guys just don't like the city, there's not much that can be done about that. I mean, you're not, you know, tearing down the city and rebuilding it for the sake of, of a few pl- hockey players. Um, maybe it's just something where things are going to get paid more elsewhere. And maybe he would. I don't know. I have a hard time thinking it's going to be a lot different. Uh, but but that's that's where we are. Um, Seth Jones wants out. Um, and you know, it, it, when I saw this on, on Twitter and then I saw you seeing the news, people talking about it, this is where I'm at right now. This team, is this thing alone enough to make me say, you know what? We're not doing a reload anymore. I think they should be going for a rebuild. Not particularly. This is why I say that. We know that internally the Blue Jackets think very highly of Seth Jones. But, I mean, unless you are just haven't been following along with the analytics community on Twitter, there's a lot of people who think Seth Jones is vastly overrated. I've actually seen many people, many people who are more analytically minded talking about how this is going to work out great for the Blue Jackets because they have a pro, they have a, an asset in Seth Jones that is valued very highly around the league and that they think the team isn't really losing that much and that there's no, and that they'll definitely win the trade because they're going to get more pieces and that Seth Jones will be overvalued. I think Seth Jones is a really good defenseman. I think Seth Jones is the kind of player that, yeah, you, you want to stick on your top pair with Zach Wierenski and you want that to be your start, your top pair for the next, you know, still another seven or eight years of that. Uh, but that's not going to happen. Now, this is where I think things get different. They also want to start talking to Zach Wierenski. Now, Zach Wierenski's an RFA, so it's not as easy for him to just be like, okay, I want out. But if you're not getting Wierenski, if when you start talking with him about a re-signing a deal, if he's not talking about, you know, a deal of five or more years, then I think we look very heavily at, okay, now we go into rebuild mode. Now we start trading away assets. Now we start kind of starting over again. So we'll have some more detail here in a second. I'm going to do a quick word for my friends, the Hockey Podcast Network, and we'll be right back. Hey, hockey fans. I'm Breezy. And I'm Ray Ray. We host the House of Hockey podcast on the Hockey Podcast Network. We're lifelong hockey fans who talk about the game and the lifestyle. Our guests include professional hockey players. My rookie party had to wear Speedo, and then we had a checklist of stuff we had to do. Here we go, Gaber. What do you got to say? And it's kind of <laughs> like, you know better than that now, boys. I got dressed for the Bruins. I get a phone call. He's like, dude, we need you over here by the elevator. You got to get downstairs. You got to get dressed right now. started playing the like, dun, 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 And I turned it around and it had the Olympic rings and said, we did it. NHL team hockey reporters. I actually took the Stanley Cup to this ice bar where they've got now girls around them and I've got a fur coat on. <laughs> I wonder who, who he should have checked over here. <laughs> and then <laughs> I looked down at my favorite hockey fans. The entire bar was lined with guys 
in King's jersey. We quickly realized, oh my gosh, this is the dad's trick. And we bring unique hockey stories to light. Coming back to England, 24 rinks in the entire country. That's where the problem starts with the sport of ice hockey here. Canadian Blind Hockey Association, those few kids we interviewed, their whole week is built around Sunday at the rink. They're just hockey players. We don't agree on everything. Pineapple goes on pizza. <gasps> no, it does not. <laughs> I think it does. But we do agree that there are many people and places that build the House of Hockey. New episodes every Tuesday. Come on in to the House of Hockey podcast on the Hockey Podcast Network. All right, folks. So there was other stuff I was going to talk about on the show as well, but the Seth Jones news really kind of just goes over everything else. Um, how does this affect things? You already got my take that I'm I'm not willing. I'm not sure if I'm going from reload to rebuild until we have a new, unless we have a problem with Zach Wierenski. I, I mean, where we're at right now, this team has three first round picks, um, and a lot of draft cap money to use going into next season. Now, theoretically, this team might have something else up their sleeve still. I mean, again, if the Blue Jackets make a trade and get the next five years of Jack Eichel, does that change what Seth Jones wants to do? I don't know. What I do find really interesting is, just as quickly as a week or two ago, Yomo Kekalainen was talking about, well, you know, even if even if Seth doesn't sign a new deal, we're going to probably keep him through the year, that sort of thing. And then today, when John Davidson was asked about the situation, he said, first of all, he was going to keep private conversations private, which is just totally normal. I mean, you wouldn't you wouldn't be able to have very frank and honest, open conversations with players and agents about their plans if they thought you were going to turn around and blab about it to somebody else. So I get why they're doing that. Um, but he sounded a little different. He said we are definitely going to do what's best for the for the Columbus Blue Jackets, and and made it sound like more of a trade was on the table as far as that goes. And I see the logic in that because I, I think it was even JD that talked about you know the difference with with the Artemi Panarin situation now is when they had Panarin they thought we can make a run at a cup, and that was a good team. Um, they hit a good team in Boston and lost in six, but. That was a good team. That was a team to take a shot with. When you look at the team you have now, this isn't a team to take a shot with. You've got, you know, what do you do here? Um, and and it's it's tricky. Uh, I mean, because we don't really know where to go from here. Um, now, from what I understand, uh, this year, Seth Jones does have a modified no-trade clause, but the condition on that is he can submit submits a list of 10 teams he cannot be traded to. So, I mean, that's still the majority of the league. Uh, and he knows it's only for one year. He knows it's not that he has to go sign a long-term deal with them. So uh, all the teams that are going to be interested in Seth Jones, he's probably going to be willing to accept a trade to. Um because I, I doubt he's taking a bunch of winning teams off the list. He's probably leaving on like Buffalo, Detroit. Because if it's one year, he probably wants to take a shot at winning. 
And those are the teams that are going to be willing to pay. I mean, Detroit's not going to be willing to pay anything for him because obviously that's not what they want. That's not the kind of asset they need. Um, but it allows, you know, it, it's a weird situation. Now, if Wierenski says he wants to go too, if 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 you can't get Wierenski, because again, right now he's got one more year on this deal than he has an RFA deal. If he doesn't show a willingness that he wants to sign a long-term deal, which he's getting to the point in his contract where he's got RFA uh, arbitration rights. At that point, I think you start blowing things up because then you're starting about talking about rebuilding because you don't have a number one defenseman. You don't have a number one center. All you've got is goaltending. So I, I am all aboard at that point rebuilding. Um, the reason right now I've always felt like they're closer than a lot of people think is they've got the number one defenseman in either Seth Jones or Zach Wierenski. Now, some people might argue with me on saying Seth Jones, the number one defenseman. Again, as we talked about, the the stats community seems a little split on that, but you got the number one defenseman. You've got good starting goaltending uh, in Elvis versus Lincolns, um, but you're missing that number one center. So if you can trade and get that number one center, I think you all of a sudden you're a competitive, decent, good team. Um, You've got some of those, those needed pieces, but you're not going to have that. You know, if Zach doesn't want to stay, then you're down to just the goalie and, then you're starting over again. Um, but the thing is, if you're the Blue Jackets, I, I know this isn't something fans want to hear, but I think they have okay setups in either situation. If they're still in reload mo- mode after this, if, if say they get Zach Wierenski signed to a long-term deal and say, you know what, we're still going to be in reload mode. Still got three first-round picks. Still got some young talent you could trade from. Uh, we haven't discussed it yet, but there are going to be some interesting options in free agency out there. Uh, so we'll see where that goes. But I think you can reload. Now, if you have to rebuild, that's a that's a horse of a different color. But here's the thing. Um, with that, we're running into a situation of if we rebuild, okay, what do we have to work with? Well, you're trading Seth Jones and Zach Wierenski you're getting at least a pick and a prospect for either one of those. My guess is with Zach Wierenski, because he's still got RFA rights, you're getting a lot if he has to be traded, if you decide that's the way to go. After that, you've got Cam Atkinson. And now Cam might be able to trick your trade because he's a little older and he's got some term, but if you're a team that thinks, hey, we need some of those side pieces, honestly, a team that if the Blue Jackets are going to rebuild, again, this is all speculation, we have two players that the Edmonton Oilers would love to have on their team. And that is Cam Atkinson and Oliver Bjorkstrand. Now, if they trade Ollie, I will be crying in my beer. It will be a very sad day. I love Oliver Bjorkstrand, but I understand that if you have to do a rebuild, those are some of the calls you're going to have to make because those are the biggest names on the list still um, of, of who you could trade. And and I see teams giving up, you know, first for all these players, at least. Considering we got a first for Nick Felino, we should be getting a first plus for any one of the guys I've mentioned so far. And and you can rebuild around a relatively young core. Um, and when I say young core, probably the oldest one of them is Jack Ro- Jack Roslovic, who the team he seems to love Columbus. I mean, he's a Columbus guy. He just I think he wants to be here forever. You could trade a Patrick Line. Um, that's definitely in the cards. Uh, but if you go into a rebuild, I think what you do 
I mean, then your young core starts with Jack Roslevic, uh, Eric Robinson, Igor Chinikov, Emil Bemstrom, Alexander Texier, and and the the defensive core you'd be completely rebuilding. Um, so that's that's the thing. And this is a team that, by definition, would be going for you know, it'd be a lottery the next year too. Um, but I, I don't know. I mean, so many things I think are still up in the air, depending on what happens next. Um, as I discussed, if they make a trade for, um, if they make some big move and get and get Jack Eichel in town, does that change what happens? Does that change the perception that that does, does Seth Jones now say, "Wait, I, I think I want to win here. I think I can make this work." It could happen. I mean, the way the team was talking today, there's not animosity. There's not anger there. It's just. It, they'd be willing to sign him, but it's just if things change. And things might change over the summer. Who knows? Um, what I would say is Blue Jackets fans, guys, just be ready for things to change quickly. Uh, we haven't started talking about coaches yet. We talked about other first round. We haven't talked about the centers that we could go out and get yet. The draft lotteries this week. Uh, I know there wasn't a show last week, midweek. Uh, I think we're going to try and get back into the swing of these. What you'll probably be seeing through the offseason is back to two episodes a week, but maybe shorter episodes, but that'll be our kind of our game plan from here. But as of now, I mean, the big story this week, Seth Jones apparently is going to test free agency. Uh, when Friedman re- reported it, he reported it like he was hedging his bets, but it sounds like that's what Jones still wants to do. So we'll see. We'll see where it goes, folks. Um, but hey, it, you know, it, it is what it is. We're, we're cycling. We're going through stuff. We'll see how it goes. Um, I, I think we've got a smart GM that can help us navigate this and maintain a competitive team. And if it has to be a rebuild, see it. We have not yet seen Yarmo rebuild a team from scratch. Uh, he re, he kind of did that rebuild on the fly, um, taking a team that was, you know, kind of a middle of the middle to lower middle of the pack team and, and turning him into a team that made the playoffs for four straight years. So we'll see what he does at this point. So thank you all very much for watching, listening, everything else and go jackets. Please subscribe to the show, follow us on Twitter at Jackets Debrief, and thank you for listening.